This episode is brought to you by New Balance. You don't have to be an elite athlete when you pound the pavement. Whether you've run five marathons or you only run when necessary, whether you're chased by bears, zombies, monsters, the apocalypse is coming. But New Balance will have you covered regardless. Whether you need shoes for comfort, stability, or race day speed, they've got you covered. Because the only right way to run is your way. New Balance. Run your way. Visit newbalance.com slash running to learn more. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Go, My Favorite Sports Team. I'm Tyler Scheid, your illustrious host that knows the sports, joined by Mark. Hello. Who doesn't know the sports. I don't. Also known as Markiplier, the famous YouTuber. I know who I am. I'm, I'm just adding more to it. <laughs> I know But we are joined by a special guest, a race car driver extraordinaire, rising star amongst the ranks, recent... BMW M Motorsport Ambassador. Oh boy, that I had to remember that. Uh huh. You were practicing at like ten thousand. I know, but my brain—it threw me off. You know, and what did I do? I didn't do anything. It's your fault. It's your fault. But I anyway, haven't done anything. This is about our guest, okay? Who? <laughs> Samantha Tan. Hello, hello. <laughs> Welcome. Actually, bring the mic close yeah. to your face. Mm -hmm. Do I need to like talk really close? No, to you don't. Yeah, have I mean, it, to. maybe, maybe. I don't know. Noise. <laughs> if you're gonna, if you speak in normally like a really soft whisper, then be closer. Okay. But if you're like me and you scream a lot, distance is good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I have no idea. We've never recorded here before. We're at the Spotify Studios, uh, and they have these rooms for us to use, um, and it sure beats our. <laughs> by a lot our separate studio we'll cut that, that out <laughs> <laughs> our separate studio yeah our little uh shack of a studio that yeah. we usually record in so mm -hmm. so but we're not here to talk about that we're here to talk about um race cars race cars i'm assuming unless yes. you don't want to talk about race cars because i represent the the side of the audience that doesn't know anything about sports. Mm -hmm. Our whole objective is trying to like blend people that are okay. not fans of sports or not sport people in general and have like this animosity towards sports and then sports knowers mm -hmm. um, who are just a mm -hmm. bunch of big dumb jocks. Who um, then attack me if I make the smallest little mistake like talking about hockey not enough in depth. Well, everyone mm -hmm. attacks you no matter what on the internet because it's the internet and everyone's going to be mean no matter what. I mean, <laughs> we've experienced facts. that. Uh, have you experienced that at oh, all? Yes, lots, like, tons. Would you consider yourself an internet personality now? I don't know. People call me it, like an influencer, but I still like don't feel like I, I hate that. Term. I hate the term influencer. <laughs> I so hate it. It's such a weird label to put on people. But what what made you cross into that threshold where people started thinking you were an influencer? I think it's just like the social media presence yeah. um, and stuff like this i guess like a lot of interviews and i think the differentiation is that if you run your own social media you are more of an influencer which in yeah. in, in our field the idea of not running your own social media the idea of running your social media in general is just like no that's who i am yeah it's me online it's not an influencer this is just literally my portal into uh the greater internet out there but mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm assuming that's just how you got started. It's just like you were, you had your social media yeah. and then people just wanted to follow you. Yeah. <laughs> Influencer. But I don't like the term either, influencer. Yeah, yeah strange. <laughs> you prefer the term race car driver then? Yes, for sure. For sure. Oh, absolutely. Really? absolutely. A little bit it, more badass. On your, on your tombstone, would it say race car driver? <laughs> Goes around in circles for a living, yeah. <laughs> Is it just circles, or do you have like more windy we, we tracks? Have, we have windy tracks. Good. You you do the real racing. Yes. It's not the oval racing of just constantly <laughs> not left to turn, knock on left NASCAR. turn. <laughs> no, not to knock on NASCAR, but knocking on NASCAR personally. 
So what type of, literally, I don't know anything. And that's <laughs> yeah. not a joke. I don't know anything, anything about, at all? about I, sports I sent him a specifically. Sheet, in fairness. And I didn't read it. Yes. <laughs> Very busy. Um, but at the same time, what type of racing do you mm -hmm. do? So I'm in sports car racing specifically. So there's obviously, there's F1, there's NASCAR, and then there's sports car racing. You say obviously. <laughs> I do not know this. In all fairness, I know sport and I don't know all the classifications underneath race car driving. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So even when I was lo like looking through your, your resume of racing, I was like, how do I classify this? What is this? I know it's like a lot of it is endurance, but at the same time, what's the class of car mm -hmm, so. mm -hmm. yeah no it can get really confusing there's a lot of different classes like you have all the different sports car classes from touring car all the way up to gt3 and mm -hmm. then you even have like driver classifications like i don't know if you watch the racing but there's like pro-am pro classes am classes it's it's, it's pretty overwhelming yeah, sure. yeah. why <laughs> see Wait. this is why i did just the motorsports primer and not like each individual one because there's so many diverse categories how many so many <laughs> so that's not a number. All, all, the, all the categories. <laughs> okay, so do you have to specialize in one, or can you hop between the you different hop, ones? You can hop through all of them. Um, I That's how I started. I uh, started, like, right at the bottom in touring cars. Oh, I thought go-karts was the bottom. <laughs> well, well that's, mean, yeah, that's how most people, most drivers get their start, but I didn't, I didn't really? get into go-karts, actually. Yeah, most oh. drivers, they'll start when they're, like, four years old. They're, mm -hmm. like, this tall. That's what he always talks about. We have this running bit where he puts baby version of me, because yeah. we assume that if you want to go to the Olympics, you have to start if you're... When when you're four and it's like uh, when i was four i was not in a go-kart i was banging sticks on rocks by the creek bed as far as i know i don't even really remember falling were, downstairs you were you were just practicing for the the uh scottish games what's what yeah you're just banging on rocks using sticks is that what they do is that a real thing do you know anything about the Scottish games? I've never heard of this. All right, good. Yeah, we're on the same page here. <laughs> don't quiz me. See, I'm not he Scottish. sometimes makes me feel like an idiot on the show, but it's like, <laughs> I'm I don't the same think. Position. Yeah, I don't think I'm an idiot. I think he just knows way more niche things than I do, <laughs> but my general base of knowledge is actually adequate, and I shouldn't feel inferior. So we're on the same page here. There's a reason I'm the master of balls and holes, Mark. They don't know what that term is. That makes you seem like a pervert. <laughs> Well, that was kind of the anyway. Yeah, back right. to race. What is your category of racing? So I'm in GT3, uh, which is the top class in sports car racing. Uh, I race in Pro Am, which is a driver categorization. Um, to kind of go over it a little bit, there's this like racing sanctioning body called the FIA, and they basically rank all the drivers based on your experience. So I'm a silver, but I've been derogated to bronze just for this series. Oh, I know it's going to get really complicated, but there's four there's four driver categorizations. It's bronze to platinum. All F1 drivers are platinum. Um, if you're hired by a manufacturer, like you're you're paid by like Ferrari or BMW or something, then you're BMW. BMW. I hear they make great cars. Yes. German engineering sponsored. <laughs> Well, we don't know. Yeah, that. we're not. We're not. We're sponsored. not sponsored. <laughs> unless, <laughs> unless, unless BMW would like unless. to, you know, you know, sponsor. I am you. in the market for a car, so you could buy a car at any time. <laughs> for three years, you've been saying, "Oh, I don't have a car because it's you're cheaper to because not. you were using the car that I was lending you." And then when I was like, "No, I want to give that car to my mom." You then didn't have a car for three Which years. Which was fine. I worked from home the majority of the time. The only time I'd go anywhere is to the studio or anything else. But anyway. if BMW has any free cars lying around. I'm Look just looking up. for deals, yeah. you know? All right. So back to the topic. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, it's like um, I hate to make this comparison because I don't play this game, but it's like League of Legends where there's like I bronze. Play you play League? I play okay. League. I do not. What about I do Valorant? not at all. I play Valorant that, too. That was the one I was Valorant. thinking of. Was I can't do competitive PvP games because I get I get too into it, and I it, I don't get toxic, but I just get this rage explodes out of me, and I've tried very hard in my life to not be angry all the time. It's why you kind of stop playing sports, if I remember right, because you're competitive fury that can come into oh there's many reasons why I'll, i'm lazy <laughs> i was tired <laughs> my knees hurt uh my back hurt so that's mostly why yeah 
But back to the topic <laughs> at hand, racing. So there's there's bronze, silver, gold. I'm assuming gold, gold and platinum. Gold and platinum, yeah. And Pro-Am, what does that stand for? Pro-Am is basically like, <laughs> so in Pro-Am, you can run basically a bronze only. Oh. That's your AM. Okay. And then your pro guy can be silver or higher. What's an AM? AM is just bronze, basically. A amateur. Oh! <laughs> pro amateur? Isn't yeah, that... professional and amateur. Isn't that strange? Again, it gets really complicated. <laughs> I, this is how I feel when I talk to him about literally anything because it's like there's so many nuances to it that I, I could never wrap my head around. Like, you okay? You said the word. Sorry. <laughs> I got excited. What word? Nuance. We haven't said it in like three episodes. They so. don't know the context <laughs> of that joke. <laughs> the stop audience doing, Stop doing inside jokes. They're just going to make them feel like we're idiots. <laughs> we run a professional operation. Out of a studio. 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 This episode is brought to you by New Balance. You don't have to be an elite athlete when you pound the pavement. Whether you've run five marathons or you only run when necessary, whether you're chased by bears, zombies, monsters, the apocalypse is coming. But New Balance will have you covered regardless. Whether you need shoes for comfort, stability, or race day speed, they've got you covered. Because the only right way to run is your way. New Balance. Run your way. Visit newbalance.com slash running to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Rocket Money. You know all those subscription websites, they just hide those charges from you. They're hidden and repetitive and you forget about them. Oh, I know exactly which websites you're talking about. The ones that you like to go to. You do? I've literally spent so long digging through my finances. Rocket Money can help cancel your subscriptions. You're saying Rocket Money is a personal finance app that helps and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so you can grow grow your savings? Absolutely, yes. With Rocket Money, I have full control over my subscriptions and a clear view of my expenses? Uh-huh, yeah. Rocket Money will even try to negotiate lower bills for me? Up to 20%? Maybe. But for our listeners, definitely yes. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash sportsteam. That's R-O-C-K-E-T-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash S-P-O-R-T-S-T-E-A-M. That's rocketmoney.com slash sports team this episode is brought to you by hotels.com i was traveling internationally last year i was in mallorca i didn't know the island well i said let me head to the north head towards the water let me go on hotels.com and see what they have available something preferably on the beach maybe even a gym not only did i get those things there was a kid's session with exercise gymnastics in the water pony rides a train it had everything and i didn't even want any of those things but at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. So you're in bronze right now, mm -hmm. pro-am bronze, or is pro-am equivalent? To, that's what bronze means, pro-am. No, bronze is basically like a, a strong <laughs> categorization. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can run a specific like uh -huh. lineup of like classifications in each class. Okay. So what? If that made it any easier. <laughs> it did not. It's all, <laughs> my brain's so smooth right now. It's just the wrinkles are just deforming. Um, but what, okay. So I'm assuming your car has four wheels. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go back to the basic. Let's go real basic here. We've got here. a door. We've got a steering wheel. One door. <laughs> Two doors. Two doors. <laughs> steering wheel. I'm assuming an engine. Yep. Is there like a body around it? Does yeah. it have a trunk? <laughs> it does actually. So I know stock car racing. Like NASCAR? Is... So NASCAR is... It's categorized as stock car, but it originated <laughs> as actually being a car that came off the line as a stock model. Yeah, because that's but what then we they went started over. stripping it down, mm -hmm. and so it's not like it's called stock car racing, but it's not really a stock car anymore because they strip so much out of it. Like it doesn't have a trunk, it doesn't have lights, all of these different parts are removed from it. So like it's stock car, but it's not, mm -hmm. which is 
weird. Which He's is lost Mark. Yeah, which no, is why I'm, I was thinking I'm, your racing no, is here. more like stock car because a lot of the models of cars that are driven can be purchased yes. street legal. Yes. They're modified after the fact, right? Mm-hmm. But um, when it comes to the actual like ability to buy the car, which is why the stock w- name was attached to racing, yours is more in line with that than NASCAR. So I was right. All of what he was saying was that I was on the right track. Yes. Yes. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because it something. has the trunk. So you're trying to make me look wheels. dumb, but I was on the right track. No, so I was I knew it you wasn't. Were right. I knew it wasn't NASCAR. I knew it wasn't because we made fun of them earlier. <laughs> <laughs> and if we're making fun of them, then that's obviously not what you do. So you said windy tracks. Now I've, yes. I'm not completely ignorant. I've seen races. I've seen games. I've I've played Gran Turismo uh, way back when. I think Gran Turismo three whatever was on the playstation 3 did you grow up playing those types of games i did not actually i did i did the real thing (laughs) (laughs) oh oh fine yeah but you didn't start until what you were 16 16 which is like pretty late for a driver i just like i didn't know that this career path was necessarily available driving at 15 and a half (laughs) i got my license which I was going to ask, did you just get your right <laughs> license and your racing license at the same time? Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah, I got my driver's license when I was is, 15. Is there a different line at the DMV? How did this happen? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Mark. Yes. We'll just say yes. Okay, cool. I got the wrong line then. No, literally. I, I, how do you even get started? Because where do you go? That's my biggest question mm-hmm. to him is like, for all these niche sports, every single one of them, no matter how big the fan base is, no matter how big the player base is, there's a place in a city for people to go. And I have, I'm just completely ignorant to like, where even is this? Like, where did you grow up? Uh, Toronto. Toronto? Okay. So there's a racing building in toronto <laughs> no there's like uh there's a few tracks in the oh, okay. area but they're all like an hour away they're always super far or like go-kart tracks for example oh. yeah but again like most people start in go-karts when they're like four or five mm-hmm. i did not <laughs> um what got me into racing was really like my dad put me in these like performance driving schools because like canadian winters are terrible and he wanted me to learn car control and oh. he was like i want you to be safe on the road right no. and then at the end of one program i got to sit in a race car and i got taken on a like a hot lap with a pro driver mm-hmm. and just like all the g-forces and the braking like had the biggest smile on my face and like as soon as i got out of the car i was like i want to be a race car driver too that's crazy I was 14 at the time um but yeah like my first race car was a 91 Civic. Um, basically, like the way that you start in sports car racing is you need to get your regional racing license. And to do that, you go to a racing school, you compete in like six races, and you have to like finish in good standing, and then they give you a regional license. And by the way, you can get your racing license pretty much like at any age. FIA specifically, though, I think you need to be 18, but I could get it. You could get it. You could get it. I'm not. Could go. <laughs> I don't drive, I never speed. That's like my driving uh, style is I don't speed. I always like uh, am very, very cautious driver. So I feel like I would be the slowest person if I went to driving school. You like accelerating though. What kind of weird statement is that? It's true You're though. Describing my like, if I had a Tinder bio, still would it say likes to accelerate? Like that's I mean, not a compliment. <laughs> no, but it, like when you drive, you you occasionally like to to push the pedal down to get really good acceleration, especially in your your cars that you've driven. I don't, you don't do it as much now, but when I first moved out to LA. You oh, did. I see what you're talking about. Because, uh, yeah, I have a Tesla. So Ooh. when I first got it, it was like, oh, well, look, it can go fast. And then I never do it again. It's like I get people in the car once. I do the trick where I turn on the autopilot and then I turn around and look at everyone, which now I realize was an, it was an incredibly stupid thing to do because the software back then was way worse than it is now. <laughs> and even now it's not 100% good. Uh, long story short, I'm still a very cautious driver, but occasionally I go fast. I mean, I'm terrified of people on the roads, on the public roads. Yeah, I was going to ask you, because you are you drive professionally, being on the track with people that do it professionally is safer to you. Yes, much, much, much. And like, obviously there's medical teams like stationed all around the yeah. track. You've got your corner workers and everything. Like, it's such a safe environment, like for you to just send it. But public roads, like, I feel like nobody knows what they're doing out here. Wow. Yeah. How <laughs> how judgmental are you on the road? Being a professional, you're just driving Barely. through and everybody's like, oh, that's not how you pass somebody. <laughs> I'll show you how to pass somebody. <laughs> Literally on the way here, being like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, why? Oh, yeah. Now, I recently got back from Austin. And I feel like Austin drivers 
are intentionally trying to cause accidents because there's also the problem with people on scooters going all the way oh around the city because i don't like scooters at all but i also commute occasionally on my my e-bike and uh it's like i like the idea of bike lanes but people when they hop on these scooters that can go 40 miles an hour uh they just like will fly through an intersection. There was one guy at 10 p.m. who was doing donuts just in a normal intersection, and then a bunch of other scooter guys were like, "That looks like fun!" And then they hopped on there. They some people got their phone out, got one of the scooters, rented it, and then started doing donuts, just like spinning in circles in the middle of this intersection. I'm sitting there like, "Why?" They started a scooter gang. Yeah. <laughs> They're gonna get their uh, get their Pokemon cards with them, their Pokeballs, and just scooty doo over it to a, a gym. <laughs> throw pokeballs at people working you know, out pokemon's not real man <laughs> yeah yeah but some people believe it i, I just thought I'm, I'm pokemon th go now I yeah mean. I, that's uh that came out like what six years ago <laughs> do you still play pokemon go no. yeah no i didn't think so i don't either yeah i i don't know uh, our friend pam uh, she she has like on her phone and another phone and then three like wearables that she's hacked <laughs> in to have five separate Pokemon Go accounts just so she can get better chances of getting things. No way. It's kind of an obsession. I don't mean to call Pam out like this. <laughs> <laughs> like on the show, but it is a bit of an obsession. There is one thing, and I promise we'll get back to you, but I like talking about me. <laughs> There's one thing that I did try that was uh, my first foray into uh, more of an extreme motorized not a sport have you ever ridden an electric unicycle oh can't say i have <laughs> so an electric unicycle is exactly as it sounds it's a motor it's an electric motor unicycle it is incredibly difficult to ride but there there are some units that can go up to 70 miles an hour literally <laughs> and they've got like full suspension in them they're one of the most efficient like from a perspective of energy consumption, they're one of the most efficient electrical vehicles to travel on, mm -hmm. but they are unbelievably dangerous. They're like so horrendously dangerous. You have to wear your full body armor, full like helmet. Um, you might as well just wear a motorcycle helmet uh, when you're doing that. It's just like, and I'm not good at it, but I'm slowly learning. How hard is it to balance? Unbelievable. I've never ridden a unicycle before, but I hear it's nothing like that. Like, it's just like, it, it's these, uh, this, just bizarre thing because I have a bunch of friends over at Corridor Digital and they all have uh, the one wheel. Have you heard of the one wheel? Man. I'm a four wheel girl. <laughs> <sighs> Fine. <laughs> Whatever. But the one wheel is like a, it's like a, it's not an electric unicycle, but it has one wheel and it's more like a, I've heard it equated to snowboarding on land. Mm -hmm. um, and they really like that. It's a lot easier to balance. And I looked at them and I was like, oh, that looks really fun. Hey, there's this harder thing to do. I'll try that. And all of them were like, you're fucking nuts for trying this. <laughs> like none of them have done it. I still haven't done it, but I do get an appreciation for once you get something like that and it's exciting and it's fun um and then you just want to do it more and i imagine sometime down the road there's going to be electric unicycle racing uh leagues or something like that and it, uh, it's horribly dangerous because i know motocross is a thing and it already exists oh it does <laughs> well, <laughs> i was about to say you heard it here first but <laughs> anyway so uh Pretty much if you think of it, I bet you it already exists. Oh, that's so harsh, man. No, I'm, I'm not saying it directly to you. I, I mean, like... I have original thoughts, I I'm swear. Not, that's not what I'm trying to say. I'm saying that if you, if somebody thinks of it, it somebody else has probably thought of it and already started it. Uh -huh. Especially when it comes to sport, because sport gets jumped on so quick when an idea comes out. Um, because like pickleball, pickleball just came out like a few years ago and all of a sudden it's blown up to be a massive national thing, an international thing. Oh. Um, and that originated from two people being up in Seattle, going on a vacation and literally using their dog's ball with paddles. <laughs> their dog's name was pickle. Hence why it's called pickleball. Oh. oh, see, that's, that's what I do on this podcast all the time. I'm like, wow, that's interesting. And then I forget about it. <laughs> And it just goes away. Yeah. It's and like it's gone. Into the night. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you were mentioning like in the classification of driving um, with the pro-am, you were mm -hmm. talking about the two different classifications of drivers. Is that like when you have two drivers running in the same like 12 car. hour and or, yeah. run car? Yeah. yeah. So for example, like an endurance racing um, ranges from like four hours all the way up to 24 hours. Mm -hmm. And a 24 hour race, you'll probably have like four, well, three to five drivers in the car. Um, and then, yeah, so you basically, based on your driver classification, that's what class you run in during the race. So, does that make 
Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it does, but also it doesn't. Is it? How so, big is the car? How big is the car? Five <laughs> people in the car. You no, said no. it's a two door. <laughs> You got yeah, two we, people in the front with two steering wheels and you just press a button. No, that's back. what I'm imagining. Like, is that not what it is? How do you do it then? Someone's holding on to the wing, you know? <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Like, are they like, how many people? It's a clown car of race car drivers. That would be fun, though, because and, then you have to carry everything, everyone. They're not things. They're people. <laughs> You have to carry everyone to the, the next place, and then you can only change out the next time. But how does it actually work? So, basically, we're in the car one person at a time. There's, Wait, there's... You, how you said it sounded like There's there one a steering wheel. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we went over that. Yeah. Four wheels, two doors, one trunk, one steering wheel. We went over it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm alone with my thoughts in the car all the time. Okay. Um, but basically, for example, in a 24-hour race, um, let's say I'm in the car for two hours at a time. You can only be in the car for two hours at a time, maximum. Um, but then I'll hop out during a pit stop. We'll do a driver change. My co-driver could be in for like an hour, and then like I could hop back in for two hours. And mm. it's just based on strategy. But we're basically hopping in and out. The car runs the full 24 hours, but oh, cool. the drivers don't. Yeah. I think we would be delirious <laughs> yeah i imagine is le mans on your circuit uh i'm planning to do that hopefully Ooh, next year that's exciting um, i'm going to watch this year it's the 100th year anniversary so mm -hmm. i'm just gonna go check it out but it's basically the most prestigious endurance race in the world and that's basically like my ultimate goal i don't know if you've watched ford versus ferrari have i have not i told him about it on the motorsports primer but he probably <laughs> forgot and it's no. gone <laughs> <laughs> so le mans le mans Le Mans. Le, Le Mans. Le Mans. Uh, what is, is that like um, the bicycle one? <laughs> What's it? Uh, no, it is not the Tour de France. Yeah, but for cars. No. It's a 24-hour endurance race. Isn't that what the Tour de France is? No. The Tour de France is multiple days. Oh, uh, okay. And multiple different tracks. Le Mans is one track, track. 24 hours. The, you know, this is actually a serious question. How do you consider yourself when it comes to an athlete, right? Because mm -hmm. we recently had a big debate about uh, professional wrestling. Um, and he was saying that they weren't athletes. No, no, no. I said they are athletes. I said it's not a sport. He was being very, very selective about his definitions here. Ooh. So when it comes down to a race car driver, um, I know that it takes a lot more than people think. I've seen videos of people doing like neck training to try mm -hmm. to resist the G-forces. And I understand that being in a car, and I watched that Mythbusters episode about uh, NASCAR or the stock car racing. And like the, there's no, is there, do you power have. Power steering? Is that what hmm? you're talking about? Power steering? Yeah, power steering and then uh, like hydraulic brakes like were ripped mm -hmm. out for weight considerations do you is yeah. that the same for your cars that you drive it's similar well in my car we do have power steering and there is a brake assist a little mm -hmm. bit a little bit but uh. in a brake zone i'm basically pushing like 90 pounds of pressure oh. into the brake pedal um and it can reach up to temperatures of like 130 degrees in the cockpit if it's like hot outside ambient wise so you do lose like for example if i'm in the car for two hours like i could lose two pounds of water weight um so i am training i'm training five times a week in the gym doing like cardiovascular endurance stuff mm -hmm. but i'm like curious like what your definition of what qualifies as a sport so I mean, we talked about it on our very first episode of the podcast, but it's it's a governing body with governing rules. Mm -hmm. um, usually, for me, it's like skill or athleticism, clear competition, defined competition. So you have defined winning in terms of winning, and then it's repeatable so that it's, it can be something that you can have one game, and then the next game is this, so similar that the results are not varied so dynamically because they suddenly have different rules versus another or somebody judges it distinctly different than another thing. Mm. And so those are the key parts for me in defining a sport that makes sense. But with professional wrestling, they're insanely athletic, but it's scripted. A lot of the stuff that they're doing is more theater based. Mm -hmm. um, and so there's like, you know, the, the punches aren't like full punches like in boxing. They're doing stunts and stuff, but they're purposely trying to land on their elbows and not put their full body weight on the other person, which is why I said it's not a sport. Um, but I know about the amount that race car drivers have to go through, especially I watched a bunch of Formula stuff, one stuff and the, their neck muscles insane yeah. the amount of g's they go through and so do you 
do you do like neck strengthening exercise when you do your cardio stuff as well? I do. So I used to race in a class called GT4 and there wasn't as much G-forces, but now moving into GT3, now I am having to do these kinds of neck exercises because we are pulling like maybe like two or three Gs during a race, depending on the track, obviously. Mm -hmm. But yeah, getting that tree trunk neck. <laughs> Damn, I got it right here. It's sort of wrestling. Yeah, no, when I, was, uh, when I was growing up, I did wrestling and um, one of my best strengths was doing neck bridges. Like just literally neck bridge in wrestling is when they've got you, you're losing. So it's not a great position to be in, but if you use all your neck muscles, you can lift your whole body up with just your neck. Terrible idea because it could lead to horrendous injuries. And I still have kind of a, a, a tweak in my neck uh, from some of those days, but I could have been a race car driver. <laughs> yep. yeah. Oh, but to wrap up the question is like, so you would consider yourself fully an athlete. I would consider myself an athlete, yes. Do you find that you have to defend that online? Yes, for sure. Yeah. I mean, like, there's tons of people who are like, oh, you know, racing isn't a sport because they don't see, you know, the training that goes into it. All they see is like, oh, you're just sitting, driving a car around a track. They don't they don't understand, like, the amount of G-forces or the amount of, like, pressures where you're, like, pushing on the brake pedal, for example. Yeah. Reaction Even, time. like, the temperatures and, like, yeah. yeah the mental time. aspect alone, because there's a lot of debate whether, like, chess is a sport or something like that, um, because it fits a lot of your criteria correct um but at the same time people are like well if there's not athleticism behind it it's, it's not, it doesn't qualify and even me being like outside of the sporting world i know that uh those kinds of you know pressures that you have on yourself and the mental reaction speed and the kind of like elevated level of uh presence of mind you need to have when you're racing for that long and, and you, when you're this close uh to wiping out completely i like i'm scared to drive just on the highway i can't imagine what's the top speeds that you go at when you're driving um i'd say it's based on the track but i'd say my top speed 185 miles per hour around daytona for example is that the fastest you've ever gone in a race car yes okay but in a car no <laughs> what's the fastest you've ever gone over 200 <laughs> Yes. Well, uh, you're, sa there. you're saying like it's so shady. Like I hit two ten. <laughs> when did you hit two ten? I'm not talking about it. When did you hit? Wait, no. What in the <laughs> hell were you do? I was on two seventy five. It was late at night, and I was going downhill, and uh, I was flooring it. Hit two ten. Hit two ten. On two seventy five. Yeah. How many years ago are you in the statute of limitations? <laughs> They, I mean, they have to witness that, I believe. I also don't live in Ohio anymore, so... I don't think that saves you. I, it's all lies. It's yeah, not Professional true. driver, closed course. Uh -huh. yeah, it was definitely a closed course. It was uh, nothing nothing there. Absolutely. In Mexico. Mm -hmm. in uh, yes. The 275 loop of Mexico. <laughs> definitely. So. Actually, it was in Germany. Uh, it was on the Autobahn, oh, yeah. uh, where there's no... In the sections where there's no speed limit. Uh-huh. Yeah. I've yeah. gone 600 miles an hour in a plane, but that's about the oh. fastest I've ever gone. <laughs> all right, all right. I was like, we're all hurtling around the sun at tens of thousands of miles an hour, and the sun is moving around the galactic rim at hundreds of thousands of miles an hour. So we're all creatures of speed. Mm -hmm. I mean, so if you time it right, if you're in the car when it's going the same direction in which the, the earth is spinning and also at the exact point in which it's rotating, you're going significantly faster. Big brain. Yeah. <laughs> don't you don't have to give him anything. You, like you can literally shoot down all of his crazy ideas. So um, I recently watched a video. There's a Formula One driver who was um, running the same track over and over, and he's going into the final turn before where the the starting and finish line was, and he was hitting. He was millimeters from the wall every time because everything is fractions of inches, especially when you're trying to get the perfect line. And he noticed the wall moved because somebody wrecked behind him and the wall ended up jutting out like 80 millimeters and it ended up making him wreck. And when he went into the pit stop, he's, everybody's like, so what happened? What happened? He's like, I think the wall moved because he knew his line so well. Mm. Are there any tracks in particular where you feel like you know the line so well that you would notice if something moved like the wall? That's actually so crazy. And they're like the amount of precision they need to do that. It's mm -hmm. like mind blowing. But for me personally, I feel like probably a track I've run on many, many times is Coda, a circuit of the Americas, which I am going to next weekend or this weekend. Um, so F1 track, there's I would probably notice if they like they, they did replace the sausage curving. 
Mm-hmm. So notice little things like that. Wall-wise, maybe I was just at NOLA uh, okay. in New Orleans, and there's like a wall like right as you're coming out on the front straight, and I feel like I would probably probably notice there. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Is there a favorite track of yours that you know really well and have like think you have the best line? Ooh. Um, I'm going to say VIR, which is here in the U.S. as well. It was where I had my very first race. So I've been there like multiple times, um, countless times. And it's just a lot of, it's so much fun. And I pretty much know it down. Um, but I think my favorite time, favorite track of all time would be Spa. I don't know if you've heard of that. I haven't heard of that one. But it's like, it's an F1 track and it's infamous for this uh, corner called Eau Rouge, which is basically like, we're, f- we're flat out. We're probably going like... 200 kilometers per hour mm-hmm. um like straight up this hill this twisty hill and it's basically like a point and shoot like if you screw up the first part you're not making it at the top is it like one of those you have to really know yeah the track? it's like full commitment kind of thing well that, that's my question is how do you even get to new tracks how do you even get the preparation what preparation goes mm-hmm. in at all to these is it gran turismo well, a lot of drivers do sim racing to prep for a track that they've never been before because mm-hmm. it's like uh, really good for visual training. But for me personally, I don't have a sim yet. <laughs> um, but I will watch like a YouTube video um, just to get a sense of like where the track's going. For example, I don't know if you know of Nurburgring, um, but it's a 20 kilometer track. There's, I don't know, like over 100 corners. Um, and I learned it through a YouTube video, basically. You know, that, that's so <laughs> funny because, I, like, it makes sense. You're not feeling it. Uh, I mean, I guess in a sim, you're not really feeling the G's. But I, uh, me and my girlfriend, <laughs> sometimes watch this video where it's just someone driving from Seoul to Busan in Korea. Mm-hmm. And it's such a relaxing drive. But I've watched it so many times now. I feel like I know that drive really well. And I feel, and I've also, I've my family has taken me on that drive before, but it's just like kind of a weird familiar thing of, of using YouTube as a learning resource in ways that people never could imagine. Cause there's like car repair tutorials. I didn't know that there would yeah. be race car track <laughs> tutorials on these websites. Uh, also uh, to correct you, uh, proper Sims nowadays can simulate the G's. Yeah, there's like motion, but I literally don't think I don't think it can compare. Not yeah. to the same yeah. extreme. Yeah. Not to the same Excuse extent. you. I <laughs> just I, said I just used a motion control rig on my latest project. I think I know a little bit more about motion sims than you do, pal. And they can do some G's, but this one capped out at half a G. <laughs> Excuse you. <laughs> I really did. It was this crazy thing called the NACMO. And mm-hmm. it's, I imagine it's something that's similar to, that goes into a lot of these motion rigs. Um, cause the principles are all the same. You have a big pump pumping oil into big pistons and then it goes, whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. um, so I have a, I have a definitely an appreciation for those types of things because my background is in engineering. Mm. Um, I didn't graduate as many people remind me on the internet, but it was a choice. I didn't, I didn't flunk out or anything, uh, but I love, I love mechanics and i love that does that play into your love of racing at all the love of the mechanics side of it the engineering behind the car i can appreciate it i don't have any knowledge <laughs> really yeah people are like always asking me like about specific stuff about the engine and i'm like i just drive the car <laughs> <laughs> which honestly uh was something i was actually really curious about a lot of athletes when you're an athlete especially getting in the professional ranks you really know your body mm-hmm. and is that the same when you can like kind of tell when something is just off with the car? Like you're just driving it and it's like something's a little tight, yeah. something's a little loose. Yeah. And even if you don't know like the technicalities, is how do you like communicate that? I'm really Yeah, curious. for sure. So like I'm pretty in tune with how the car feels. Like even though I won't be able to say specifically like what part it is necessarily, like I'll talk talk to my engineer after the race and be like, oh, you know, the car's understeering a little bit here. Or it feels like a bit like the wheel in the back is like shaking or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Or like maybe the wheel isn't straight. I can pretty much talk about everything set up and suspension wise, but if you start talking to me about like very specific like engine parts and stuff, I'm like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do not know. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I wouldn't be able to say either because I don't know anything about, I'm not a car guy in general. I just like, again, I bought a car because it's like, it seems nice and it goes fast. Um, but it, it, it's like down to that like intuitive knowledge. It's, it's a lot of athletes that we talk about in sports. Um, 
um, they train to such a level that they do have this like unconscious understanding of what is going on with the sport. And it's like when you learn your first languages, you don't know why you say words the way you do. It's just unconscious. Like you're taught grammar later. Um, so it's like, you don't know the grammar of the car, but you know the car and how to use it perfectly. And I think like, honestly, I think that might be a bit of an advantage because you would, and again, I'm not a racer, so I'm just speaking <laughs> wild conjecture here, but it, it allows you to like bypass the overthinking of things. It's like, you know, when something's wrong, you can feel it. And sometimes, and that's how like, I like to make content is like, it's based on a feeling. I didn't go to film school. I didn't take writing classes, but I know when it feels right. And, and when it feels wrong and sometimes, uh, something feeling wrong could be a much deeper understanding of something than someone who went to school for it. Then again, there's always someone who went to school for it that's going to lecture me about <laughs> yeah. what I know, and that's fine. They can have their opinions. I don't really care. Oh, it's funny that you bring out the overthinking part because, like, literally at the end of a 24-hour race and you feel, like, a little vibration somewhere and you start, like, overthinking about it. Like, <laughs> oh, my God, is the car going to break? Or maybe the part's, like, not good. Um, but, yeah, definitely I feel like it could be an advantage for sure. I, I have that when I'm on my bike and I'm going – I recently wiped out on my bike, but it was because it was rainy and this this lady was walking her dog and I was, like, trying to <laughs> oh, avoid God. it. And the road was inclined and I slipped. Uh -huh. oh. um, but uh, I always think – and I know the principle behind it. I know the metal's strong enough, but I think anytime I go up a, over 20 miles an hour on my bicycle, I think it's just going to break in half and I'm just going to like fly apart. Like everything is going to go on the road and there's no logic behind it, but that's just what I feel. That's actually really funny that you say that because that's me with rock climbing. I feel more comfortable without safety gear than with it because I, I, I trust myself. That's not the point <laughs> I, I was making. I know, but you're, I'm getting, what? I'm getting to, I'm getting to it. It's, I fear the stuff breaking and falling apart. Oh, so that if, to me, it's like move it out of my way and have it not be there instead. And it's just me as opposed to having it there because but they don't trust the it equivalent here is you're worried you would be worried about the wall falling apart as opposed to the safety equipment. I'm, I'm I mean that does happen. I've definitely, does it? Don't I, tell me that. <laughs> well, not. I mean, it, I mean, nature is unpredictable, but also the fact that sometimes the handholds aren't secured properly; they get loose as people climb. But most places check them all the time. I've definitely had holds spin on me when I was using them, but we won't get into that. No, anyway, that's terrifying. That's terrifying. <laughs> it's fine. You usually have other holds if you're smart. <laughs> anyway, back to racing. I think. Um, uh, <laughs> sorry, I was just thrown off so hard. I have no <laughs> idea what we were even talking about. Uh, have you had any close calls? Uh, have you ever crashed? Oh, yes. I feel like crashing is part of, part of the sport. It's part about like, if you don't crash, you're not going fast enough. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> not, I'm not a race. I haven't crashed. Go faster. <laughs> There's a balance for sure. Um, one of my biggest crashes was in 2017. I was in. Uh, I was at a track called Road America, and there's this very infamous cor corner called the Kink. Um, it basically leads onto the back straight. But everybody tells you they're like, you can go flat through there. So I tried it. And uh, understeered off the into the grass a little bit and then like tried to bring it back onto the track and my front right wheel um, basically got more grip and then it just like swung me into the wall at 100 miles per hour. Um, walked out. I was fine. Sprained my ankle, but totally my own fault because um, I kept my foot on the brake pedal, you know, fight or, fight or flight response. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you're supposed to, you're supposed to pull your arms and your legs in um, before you have impact. But anyway... Walked out, was completely fine. Like tuck into a bowl? Basically like this, yeah. It's almost like yeah. tucking and rolling, except you don't pull your knees up. That's yeah. fascinating. I never would have thought yeah. of it. Yeah, you don't want your feet to get caught in the pedals. You don't want your, oh, yeah. your hands to get caught in the wheel. Like it's mm, easy to break your wrists. Yeah. <laughs> um, in your classification of racing, do you, are you required the full visor face guard? Mm -hmm. Okay. So I wear like three layers of fireproof clothing and then I have like my helmet and I have this uh, device called a Hans. It's like full carbon fiber, basically like protects my neck and my spine. Mm -hmm. uh, it'll break my collarbones if an impact, if it's going to danger this area, but mm -hmm. uh, it's all very safe now. <laughs> yeah, it saves That's your good. life, and but your collarbones will suffer. Yeah. <laughs> Well, collarbones can be repaired, I think. I don't know. Can they? I don't yeah. know. I have yes. a... Uh... All right. Let's yes. hope. <laughs> yes. Many, many, many people, many athletes across many different sections of sport have broken collarbones and come back. 
So great. Let's hope that never happens. Right. All right, <laughs> but if it does, you're covered. I think. <laughs> the conclusion here. Yeah. yeah. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. I was actually curious, um, when you're getting ready for a race, mm-hmm. uh, you usually don't have races back to back to back to back like some sports do, like baseball when they have double headers, right? Well, I do. They do? So, well, in America, I'm in a sprint series, so I have two races per weekend. So okay. one on Saturday and one on Sunday. And just this year, I'm in a bunch of series, so I basically have races every weekend. Are they the same track or different, different tracks, tracks? Different tracks, okay. yeah. Uh, for, the one, for the series in America, it's at the same track. Okay. But... So how do you, like, preparation-wise, obviously you're running through the turns, you're trying to remember everything on the track. Do you have any, like, superstitions or rituals that you do beforehand to just kind of get you in that zen, get you in that zone to keep your focus up? Yeah, for sure. Like, everybody thinks that race car drivers are fearless, but, like, I get so nervous before I get in the car. A lot of anxiety. But for me personally, what I do is I'll just, like, throw on some headphones, listen, like, blast music, and try to find, like, a little quiet corner. I'll, like, hide from the TV crew in my little pit box um, and just kind of, like, vibe out. But basically, once the helmet goes on and I get in the car, everything kind of just, like, fades away. Do you have required media time before and after races like some athletes, or is it? Yeah. I mean, on some some race weekends, it I mean, it varies, but there's, like, a live uh, pit crew or pit media crew that walks around and, like, interviews people. And I always, I always get super nervous, so I'm like... Not this time, guys, but... <laughs> I have a few questions. Do you... Uh, first off, I'm assuming this is uh, a yes, but do you still like racing? Yes. Even if you're coming into the professional world, I always wonder when you start to get to a certain level and then the, I imagine there's politics in racing. Mm-hmm. I imagine there's like favoritism. I imagine there's uh, there might be prejudice. You know, There might be sexism. There might be all these different factors that would detract from the original purpose of just like wanting to race. Do you uh, still, with all that aside, do you still enjoy the process, the entire process? Or are there like parts of it that are really just a drain? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I feel like as in with every sport, there's a lot of pressures, right? And there definitely have been some times where I'm just like, oh my God, like, this is a bit much. Like, what if I just give up? But obviously kept pushing and just like, it's a lot of self-doubt, right? And there is a lot of like prejudice, like you said, but thankfully I've stuck to it. And it's all about finding or like remembering why you started. Like every time I kind of feel that way, I think about, like the little the little version of me and like why why she started getting into it and like all the successes we've had over the past like few years and I mean this month particularly was pretty rough for us like we had a lot of bad luck um like three race weekends four races and I only finished one because like there were just mechanical issues I got taken out in my second race in, in Italy and there's just these times where like it feels like everything's working against you but I mean, that's just part of racing. It's like there's these super high highs and these low lows, and you just really have to learn to, you know, be resilient or find that resilience and find that confidence in yourself to just pick yourself back up and keep going. 
Do you feel like as a professional athlete, there's an extra layer of spotlight on you to be somebody who's a positive role model or somebody that inspires future generations to take up the mantle and then also become race car drivers? Yeah, for sure. I mean, like specifically, even like as a woman in motorsport, there's so few of us. Like I was just telling somebody in Italy, there was like we were at a driver's meeting. There were 160 drivers and only five of us were women. So it's like a very big majority uh, male-dominated sport and so like with that there are these pressures to feel like you always have to perform because it's like mm -hmm. you have so many people like looking up to you or like seeing you as a role model and there there is that pressure to like almost be perfect all the time but you got to remember you're only human <laughs> you know we all make mistakes and you know just being in the sport and like competing in it I think like it just moves the needle for the rest of us or other women in motorsport for sure yeah do you feel like the pressure is both crushing or more inspiring because thinking about all the people that you can inspire to also push their way into something that otherwise they'd be kicked out of or looked as just ostracized for sure i mean like that's what drives me is like being able to inspire and empower other girls for example like I've had people come up to me and say things like, oh, my God, I didn't know, like, women could be race car drivers, right? And so, or, like, somebody saying something like, oh, you're the reason why I got into motorsport. Like, that, that is always, like, so heartwarming for me. But, yeah. <laughs> what, what? Why are you both looking at me like just, that? I was, I, I was listening. I, I, I was admiring. It was beautiful. <laughs> no, it's fine. I'm inspired. I'm inspired. Yeah. Guys. So, we, we have one more question because it's the title of the podcast. Uh -huh. You have your own racing team that you're a co-owner of. So obviously that's going to be your favorite team. Mm -hmm. But outside of that, who is a team that you root for or look and enjoy watching? Somebody you cheer for, somebody you think paves the way or somebody who inspired you perhaps. Who is your favorite sports person or sports team? Ooh, I have a few. I have a okay. few. Um, specifically in sports car racing, there is this team called the Iron Dames. Okay. They're, it's an all-female team. They race both in Europe and the U.S., but they've just been, they've been absolutely killing it recently, and it's just been awesome to see their progress, and it's very inspiring for me, especially as a woman in sports car racing. And then on the F1 side... Um, I did get the opportunity to meet Max and Checo from Red Bull Racing last okay. year. They were awesome, and they've been killing it in F1 as well. So yeah. I'm always rooting for them and Charles Leclerc from Ferrari because I'm I'm a big Ferrari fan. So <laughs> nice. Mm, that's awesome. Um, if there was something that you could say to people out there, because I, I there's I've learned so much today just in like the fact that there are racing schools that you can go to. I did not know that, but it makes complete sense. If you could say something to people out there um, who, not not as an inspiration, obviously you're already doing it and you're inspiring people. I'm talking about people that are not fans of sports. Why should people watch racing in general? Because I think there's a lot of people out there, and it's unfair. It's like they, they only know racing as NASCAR, and they, they just turn left. It's like, what could you say to people uh, to kind of convince them to give it a shot, like, watch something where they can watch something what they can watch how how they can watch and why they should appreciate it yeah i feel like a lot of sports car racing specifically we've been growing a lot on like streaming platforms like youtube for example and why should you watch it i feel like there's so many interesting personalities in the sports car paddock i mean there's so many really cool stories of people who have like you know grown up through touring car for example like myself or people who you know came from nothing and have been just building their brand i think it's like super inspiring to see like so many people in the paddock like a lot of my friends but overall hmm <laughs> lost my train of thought a little bit there but no that's perfect um, yeah again i think like racing is just super interesting i mean if you want to get into it i think drive to survive on netflix is like your entryway it's like the gateway drug <laughs> drive to survive into racing for example but yeah <laughs> huh. drive to survive that's All right. Cool. Well, last thing, if you want to shout out anything, maybe your sponsors or just tell people where they can find you, where they can follow you, how they can, if they're interested in this, we want to highlight you more than anything. So here's your chance to showcase and talk about what you do and what all uh, places people can find you. Yeah. I mean, we talked a little bit about it at the beginning, but shout out to BMW for um, being such a big sponsor of mine and such a great support over the years. Uh, Motul. Um, as well as my team, like everybody on my team, thank you all for supporting me throughout the years. 
Uh, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, you name it. We're on literally everything. Um, Samantha Tan Racing as well as Samantha Tan. So. <laughs> and then uh, how about something completely non-racing related? Mm-hmm. What do you like to do when you're not racing? Just like spare time, hobby. It could be nothing. I um, sit around get and... angry at League of Legends. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there's no other way to play League of Legends than angry. That's why I can't do it. Oh, that's so funny because at first, like, how do you relax? And I'm like, I play League, which is like so toxic and not good for my mental sanity. But <laughs> <laughs> do you play any other games that are more relaxed? Uh, Genshin Impact. Okay. Oh, that's, um, nice. that's, I think that's like my cozy game for sure. But I'm, I'm definitely on League and Valorant a lot. <laughs> Fair. Do you stream? I used to, not so much anymore. But I, we do have our own uh, sim racing and esports team, so you can find us on Twitch at Samantha Tan Racing. Mm. Uh, we do stream like sim racing as well as we do have a camera in my car, so you can actually like sit passenger with me during a race. Whoa! Uh, Is that live stream? Yeah, it's live stream. Oh my god! Well, that's cool. What that's really that yeah. I'm like wait, <laughs> the whole thing of like getting people interested. I'm like, I want to watch that. How do I watch that? <laughs> yeah, we have so much going on. I almost forgot about it. <laughs> But yeah, you can sit passenger with me. So how catch us on Twitch? <laughs> on Twitch, okay. Twitch cool. Samantha Tan Racing. Yes, that's awesome. I want to see that. I imagine it's the same category of people that drive like Euro Truck Simulator for like ten hours. But <laughs> I'm gonna skip past them, and then I'm gonna find that. One. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It has been great chatting with you. It's been eye opening experience even for me as somebody who like looks at the race car driving like section of sport and just knows so little it was phenomenal i'm so excited and i'm definitely going to check out your races from now on i'm excited about it uh mark anything you want to say i learned that your car has two doors (laughs) four wheels uh, one steering wheel and there's five people stuffed in the trunk that's what i learned all with different steering wheels that you press a switch so the other person no no they gotta hold the steering wheel while they're stuffed in the trunk and then you pull yours off you hop in the trunk and pop theirs on it's really fun well thank you guys for having me oh really cool the conversation yeah. yeah you can follow us on nah, socials and stuff but cares about more that. than anything check out everything that samantha does it's incredible thank you, thank you. and uh We'll and roast NASCAR. <laughs> yeah, roast NASCAR. Yeah, They're not really NASCAR. stock cars. <laughs> and hey, BMW, listen, you should pay Samantha more money. <laughs> if you do. Maybe uh, we'll do another interview in, in a BMW. I tried that once. Not to make this last any longer than it was. Not in a BMW. Not in a BMW. So, like, there's this other... I'm going to just a little more. There's this other YouTuber in the name of Captain Sparkles, right? Oh, so, he's yeah. a big car guy. Oh, you know Captain Sparkles? Surprise. There's a secret person sitting behind <laughs> the camera over here. Been hidden the whole time. So, uh, he... Uh, spent i won't say what car it is if you look at the video you'll find out but just in case bmw gets mad because it's it might or may not be a bmw but he got this car um that was like this super fancy car will cut his i don't know if it matters i have no idea but it's the car that beat ferrari yeah was it yeah if i watched the movie i would know that (laughs) uh but he uh, he did this series where it was like riding the car and then we'll do like this little interview talk podcast thing. And then we drive up in Angela's crest. And so I, I don't do fast. And he, he's like driving up and I'm sure you've driven up Angela's crest. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you've driven up fast. Imagine going half the speed you would, which is probably still fast. And me just like this with the engine as loud as it is right here. And him trying to talk to me there. I was like, yeah, look. Cars, I guess. Just so I will never do that again. Oh, oh you don't cool. want to sit passenger with me? Yeah, I'll take you on the track. I'm good, thanks. <laughs> I'll go. I'm down. I'm all right. I we'll I, I don't ride m- motorcycles anymore because I had one close call and I'm like, nah, I'm done. That's good. I was I was lane splitting uh, up the 405, not fast or anything. Like I was just like uh, the carpool lane that was going by, and there was this bus. That was oh, on the God. left in the carpool lane. And then there was a semi over on the right. And the bus's mirror and the semi's like wheel cover made this perfect thing that if I didn't cram down and crank my head here, I would have hit either the bus mirror or been into the, the, the semi's wheels. And after that, I was like, never again. And I never rode a motorcycle again after that. So I am a little <laughs> safety conscious. 
It's okay. You can be the pit crew. I'll be in the trunk with another steer. <laughs> in case you guys made it. If you hear some thumping back there, it means I'm having fun. <laughs> good to know. Good to know. When we hit bumps and stuff and you're Yeah, hit them hard. <laughs> All right. Well, we can end this. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for enjoying. Uh, watch the video exclusively on Spotify, and uh, you can listen everywhere else. They already watched it. I don't know. They might not be watching oh, it. Oh, okay. People right, cool. listen on other platforms. That's the end of the episode. Oh, well, then fine. We'll just say bye. We'll put it in the beginning that you can watch this on video only on Spotify. Yes. Cool. All right. Bye. Bye. Do you have to do the clap? <laughs> yeah, clap end. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.